In the name of Jesus, amen. Did you look at the words to our intro it for this evening? I will speak of your statutes before kings, O Lord. I will not be put to shame. After all, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. These are really important words for us to consider today as we celebrate the presentation of the Augsburg Confession. Now, as you know, I'm a little bit of a history guy, so just to give you some background, on June 25th, 1530, in front of Emperor Charles V, Dr. Christian Beyer read aloud the Augsburg Confession, beginning at about three o'clock in the afternoon and ending at about five. The Augsburg Confession that he read expressed Lutheran teaching according to the Holy Scriptures. It confessed Lutheran belief in the Holy Trinity, in Christ, two persons, one God. It confessed original sin, baptism, the Lord's Supper, confession and absolution. The Augsburg Confession confessed before the emperor the truth of the Christian faith. With these words, the Lutheran reformers boldly confessed that what Lutherans teach is actually what all Christians from all times and places have taught and believed and confessed. And at the end of the reading, those Lutheran confessors said these words, Most gracious emperor, this is a confession that will even prevail against the gates of hell with the grace and help of God. And after that, Margrave George of Brandenburg bent his head down and said to the emperor, I would rather be separated from my head than separated from my confession of faith. It's that confession of faith that we remember and celebrate today. And while it's good to think about that history from a mere 491 years ago, the truth is this, that since the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ into heaven, Christians have been called upon to confess their faith before kings and rulers throughout all history, throughout all lands. For example, Already in the book of Acts, just a couple decades after the ascension of Christ, St. Paul confessed his Christian faith before the Roman procurators Antonius Felix and Porcius Festus. And as Festus came to hear Paul's confession of faith, he invited King Herod the Great's great-grandson Agrippa II. In the book of Acts, Paul is recorded as saying he thought that confessing his faith would convert even the great-grandson of Herod the Great. 
after his confession, St. Paul requested to plead his case to none other than Emperor Nero Caesar. He traveled to Rome to make this great confession. The book of Acts ends before we know if Paul was able to confess before Nero was forced to commit suicide. Paul's not the only great confessor. Peter confessed his faith boldly as well. So boldly, in fact, that he also was able to go to Rome. And just a little while apart, Paul was beheaded for his confession of faith. And Peter was crucified for his. They were one in the same confessions of faith, confessing their faith that Jesus died and rose to forgive the sins of the whole world. And for that confession, Peter and Paul died. It's not just in Bible history that we see these great confessions before kings and rulers and emperors. Famously, we have some other accounts recorded. In the year 301, the kingdom of Armenia and its king, Triidates, were traditionally converted by the confession of faith of a lowly writer named Gregory the Illuminator. Nearby, just a few years later, Miriam, the king of Iberia, was converted as the word of God was confessed to him by a lowly nun named Nino. Constantine the Great, just a little while later, converted to Christianity on his deathbed, being baptized by Bishop Eusebius. The truth is he had begun to believe in Christianity long before when he was just a young man serving in the Roman state of Gaul. In all of these cases, and countless more throughout the ages, Christians confess the truth of the scriptures. The words of our intro it were fulfilled in what these Christians said. I will speak of your statutes before kings, O Lord, and will not be put to shame. These Christian confessors were bold. Their confessions were about Jesus, not personal testimonials. They were confessions of theology, doctrine, confessions of the gospel. In many of these cases, kings and rulers tortured and killed those who confessed. Some even converting to Christianity after they had watched the brave martyrdom of the confessor. Through all of these confessions of the Christian truth, the Holy Spirit was at work, calling, gathering, 
enlightening and sanctifying the entire Christian Christian church on earth, building it person by person. It is, as Isaiah writes in our Old Testament lesson, God's word does what God's wills it to. It will accomplish the thing for which God sends it. Confessing Christians spread the gospel throughout all the world. Confession of faith isn't just some old-fashioned historical thing. We still need confession of faith today. Maybe more than ever. But the sad truth is this. It is precisely that confession of faith that seems to be growing weaker and weaker among Christians. People today claim the title of Christian, but they never speak or act as if they know what that word means. Christian, bearing Christ, carrying Christ, belonging to Christ. People today call themselves Christian without a confession of faith that actually is Christian. This may sound kind of harsh. Prepare. People today claim to be Christian whilst supporting abortion for everyone. As if Christianity supports the killing of babies. It doesn't. You shall not murder. People claim to be Christian whilst parading around in the streets for unchristian sexual ethics, gay pride, transgenderism. We have a whole month for it. Even here in Lincoln, around the Capitol building this past Saturday. People claim to be Christian while cheating on their spouse, gossiping about others, coveting possessions, loving themselves. People claim to be Christian whilst supporting the theft of goods as it's brought about in socialism. Thou shalt not steal. People claim the title of Christian whilst storing up vast wealth for themselves without caring at all for the sick, the poor, the hungry. People claim the title of Christian for themselves whilst dividing one people from another based on classes of race, orientation, 
wealth, and more. People claim the title of Christian while not confessing the truth of Christianity. And as more and more people claim to be Christian while not acting or confessing as Christians do, the entire world watches and sees. The entire world begins to believe that Christianity isn't really that different from anything else in the world. Christianity is just another version of the same religious nonsense that's been going on for years. Christianity's outdated. Christianity is foolish. Jesus warned about this, saying, any salt that's lost its flavor isn't really salt. Christians losing their saltiness, their flavor, isn't any good to anyone. Christians, without confessing God's word, doesn't help anyone. As these things are going on in the world and in the church, we often are quiet. We don't speak up. After all, confessing the truth of the scriptures might mean our arrest or death, like happened to Saints Peter and Paul. Confessing the truth might mean our torture, as happened to Gregory the Illuminator and Nino in Armenia and Iberia. Confession of Scripture truths might mean that modern society cancels you, that you might lose your job, that your Facebook or Twitter account might be deleted. It might even mean that friends and family stop talking to that crazy Christian person. These and other things just like them are costs that often are higher than our sinful nature is willing to pay. Or to put it in the terms of St. Paul and George of Brandenburg, oftentimes we Christians are more attached to our heads than our confession of faith. We're afraid. It's for that reason, our fear and our silence, that we need to repent. 
We need to repent of loving this world more than we love our God. We need to repent of loving our heads more than our confession. We need to repent of our sin. It is sin that is behind our silence, our quietness. We don't fear, love, and trust in God above all things. We don't love God's word more than our lives. We would rather fit in with the world for just a little while than speak the truth. So we must repent. We must cease our fear and trust our God. Just like our introit tonight begs us to do. Hear the words again. God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with its surging, the Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. That means we're safe. God has already defeated the world after all and promised to us very clearly that the world cannot harm us even if it kill us. God has done all of these things for us, protecting us, granting us eternal life and salvation through his only begotten Son, Jesus Christ. Christ, who suffered already everything that the world could throw at him. He was stripped of his clothes and possessions, stripped of his health as he was brutally beaten, stripped of his reputation, as they told lies and made false accusations against him and spat upon his face, ripping out his beard. And he was stripped of his life on the cross, stabbed with a spear to make sure he was dead. He did not hesitate to do these things speaking the truth the entire way to forgive you your sins as he confessed with his last breaths. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. It is finished. Their sin is paid for. Jesus died for his confession of faith even as the Son of God. But God raised him from the dead. God the Father, through his all-powerful glory, raised his only Son, Jesus, from the dead. And Christ is alive, even now. The death he died paid for your sin of silence, of fear, of trepidation, and all the rest. In your baptism, you are now safe with him, already having died and already having the promise of life. 
You have no need to fear. If Jesus promises you life, what could the world do to you? Can the world erase your name from God's book of life? Can the world cancel you? Can it cancel God's promises to you? Hasn't Jesus been raised from the dead as the firstborn of many? Yes. You need not fear. You need not worry. Though the mountains give way and the sea foam, we need not fear. For God, our mighty fortress, will keep us safe. And so, dear Christian, we have no reason to be quiet about our faith. In fact, we should be bold to confess, to speak the truth, to stand up against the lies the world keeps speaking. We should be bold to call sin, sin. To condemn it as deadly and worldly. And at the same time that we confess sin is sin, we should also confess that Jesus has died for sin and rose for the life of the world. We should confess that reality boldly, even if it means our arrest or death. We should confess it before kings and rulers, before Washington elites, big tech moguls, news broadcasters. We should confess the truth that Jesus is our ruler, not Democrats or Republicans or any other political nonsense. We should confess that though the world hate us, kill us or cancel us, our God will firmly keep us safe in his nail-scarred hands. We should confess because we believe. Today we celebrate the presentation of a bold confession of faith many years ago. And as we do, my prayer is that you don't glorify those bold confessors turning them into idols. That you not say, oh, how wonderful was Martin Luther or Philip Melanchthon or Gregory the Illuminator or that nun. Rather, you cling to the content of that confession. Jesus crucified and risen for you, for your sin, for your forgiveness. 
My prayer is that you love Jesus more than any other thing. And that that love would well up within you to the bold confession of faith in this sinful, fallen, and soon-to-be-at-an-end world. That you confess in front of those who look down on you. Your act of confessing won't save you. Jesus already has. But God works faith through his word. God works faith through confessors. God works faith through the Holy Spirit attached to faithful Christians' words. Confess. That's what Christians do. In the name of Jesus, amen. May the peace of God, which far surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.